Hi, I'm Deb Hunter, and welcome to All Things Tudor, the podcast that blows the dust off the history books and brings the world of the Tudors roaring back to life. Each episode will bring you awesome guests and topics, stories, and revelations. The power, the sex, the scandals, the romance, and the ruthlessness. So join me, and together we'll pull back the curtain and discover the real lives of the Tudors. Hi, welcome to All Things Tudor. I'm Deb Hunter, and I'm here for a Tudor bite with Franny Mole. And Franny, hi, we are all very familiar with your work, The King's Painter, about the life and times of Hans Holbein. And I was just wondering, what are 10 things that would surprise us about his life and work? So here are 10 things that I think are surprising and interesting about Hans Holbein. First of all, although he's primarily, I think, known today as a painter, there are lots of items or objects named after him. There is a Holbein carpet, for example. Now, that's a particular type of Turkish carpet that he featured again and again in his painting. And that type of carpet's subsequently become known as a Holbein carpet. And actually, I'm pretty sure it's in Berlin Museum. You can actually go and see some Holbein carpets. There's the Holbein dagger, which became the uh, name of the main dagger used in Basel, the Baselard. And because Holbein had such a good business in making decorative sheaths and dagger handles and so on, it became known as the Holbein dagger, and I believe is still known today as the Holbein dagger. And then there's Holbein jewellery. Holbein designed a huge amount of jewellery for Henry's court. There's a wonderful book called The Jewel Book in the British Museum. And in the 19th century, uh, there was a whole fashion for copying once again those Holbein designs and Holbein jewellery came back into fashion. So this is, that was number one. Number two, he designed a magnificent suit of armour for Henry VIII. And that is in the Metropolitan Museum in New York. So, you, you know, that is a real treasure over there in the States that I really urge you to go and look at because it is astonishing. And number three, while you're in the Met, you might be surprised to find that particular museum has a terrific collection of uh, Holbeins, including a wonderful portrait of Elizabeth Seymour, a wonderful portrait of supposedly Catherine Howard, uh, Benedict von Herschenstein, who was one of his young sitters. So it's a terrific collection. Number four, also if you're going to go to New York, go to the Frick Collection. You may not know, but there, there are two great Holbein portraits of two Thomases. Thomas More, the Chancellor of England, who he stayed with for his first three years in England, and Thomas Cromwell, who became his patron thereafter. And these two fantastic Tudor courtiers face one another at the Frick. They're hung together. So it's a rather wonderful thing to see. Number five, surprising thing. 
In Holbein's portrait of the ambassadors, there is a strange piece of sludge uh, in the middle of the painting. It looks like a baguette, it looks like a bit of bone, it looks like I don't know what. But if you stand at 45 degrees to the painting, to the right, suddenly it becomes a skull, a memento mori or a vanitas, a reminder of mortality um, that puts, um, that floats out from the painting and, if you like, throws the ambassadors and all their achievements into perspective. Number six, well, did you know that it was one of his paintings that altered the course of English history? When Henry was looking for his fourth wife, Holbein was sent off to paint Anne of Cleves. Henry had never met Anne of Cleves. Holbein came back with his wonderful portrait now in the Louvre. Henry saw it, decided he was in love with this beautiful woman and married her by proxy, if you like, or, or, or rather they, they did marry in the UK, but he agreed to marry her. Uh, and by the time she had actually arrived in England, for the marriage, all the documents had been signed, sealed and delivered, and there was just the ceremony to go through. But Henry suddenly realised he didn't like her at all. Thomas Cromwell, who had sorted this out, uh, had arranged this marriage, had his head cut off. Holbein survived because I think the portrait must have been true. I can't believe it would have been otherwise. And Henry therefore let him off. It was obviously something about Anne's personality he didn't like. And uh, within six months of the marriage, they were divorced. And the whole fate of English history took a wholly new direction. The painting of the dead Christ that Holbein did, there's an interesting story about that. That painting is in Basel. And it had such a profound effect on the Russian author Dostoevsky that he nearly fainted. His wife saw him trembling and was so terrified he was about to collapse at the impact of the painting, she had to move him away from it. Number eight. Holbein was better at painting uh, illusion, I suspect, than he was at keeping counts. And uh, there is a legend in Basel that he had been commissioned by a local publican to paint a uh, you know, fresco on the outside of the publican's house. But every time the publican went, Holbein had not progressed the fresco very much. He was going off doing other work. The publican had put his money down on account with Holbein. He was getting very cross. He was getting no bang for his bucks. So to get him off his back, Holbein painted a pair of legs dangling down from a scaffolding, and they were sufficiently convincing that the landlord was reassured that Holbein was in fact there doing the painting. Number nine, two of Holbein's greatest works have both been destroyed by fire. His monumental family portrait of Thomas More and his family was consumed by flames in the 17th century. And in the same century, so too was his monumental family portrait of the Tudor dynasty of Henry, his father, uh, Henry's mother, and his wife, Jane Seymour. That also burnt with the Palace of Whitehall. Number 10, Anne Boleyn. Did Holbein paint Anne Boleyn? And if so, why don't we have a painting of her by him? 
Well, he did a lot for Anne Boleyn. He designed Henry's jewellery that Henry gave Anne Boleyn. He designed a great gilt cup that Anne Boleyn gave to Henry uh, in the first year of their marriage. For Anne Boleyn's coronation, he designed a huge sort of mural, a piece of pageantry for the coronation. And he also uh, drew and painted all her ladies-in-waiting, nearly all of the women of the court. So I think it is almost certain that Holbein did also do a formal portrait of Anne Boleyn. Why does it no longer exist? Because Henry destroyed just about every memory he had of Anne Boleyn after he had her executed. And it looks like Holbein's paintings were destroyed at that point. Those are my 10 surprising facts. Those are absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, Franny. I appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Have a good day. Take care. You've been listening to All Things Tudor. My thanks go to listeners, my husband, and my team. If you like what you hear, leave a review, follow wherever you get your podcast, and share with your friends to help others find the show. Join the All Things Tudor Facebook community to connect with tens of thousands of Tudor history lovers. You can also connect with me across social media at the Deb ATL. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch y'all later. <laughs>